Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This is the Hammer Down Racing Report, and now your hosts, Scott Hammer and Ron Miller. Welcome, race fans, to the Hammer Down Racing Report for Thursday, February 23rd, show number 269. Wow. Coming at you live from uh, the... John Young Racing, Racing for First Responders, Dave Kemmer Studio. Scott Hammer, Ron Miller with you. And uh, we got a pretty big show tonight. We do. Yeah. It's a lot of big news coming from it, too. Uh, we'll be speaking with uh, ARCA driver uh, Scott Melton here in just a, a moment. And then later on in the show, we'll be speaking with... And uh, we're really going to put the pressure on him. On Scott? Yeah. Why? Well, you know, we, we don't want him to let us down on our... Oh, I see about that. Yeah. He's, he's got to win his next race. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Chris Windham will be joining us a little bit later, talking about his uh, move to lane racing in his uh, second season with the All-Star Circuit of Champions as well. That'll be coming up about 745-ish. So, lots to get to. Before uh, we get to Scott, though, got to pay a few bills. Uh, make sure to check out Oakshade Raceway, where the fastest meet to race. Uh, follow them on Twitter. Facebook, Instagram, of course, the season opener coming up on Saturday, April 29th with Sportsman, Dominator Superstocks and uh, Compacts. And, and, no late and, models and maybe a couple late models practicing, hot, hot lapping, yeah. practicing. I don't know about that, but uh, that that happens frequently. All right, we'll see. Uh, also, Big D's Pizza and Clyde, give them a call 419 547 1444. Order right now, or you can order online at orderbigdspizza.com. Check out the new gourmet Reuben Bites with your choice of dipping sauce, just $5.99. Uh, they also now have uh, seafood specials going just in time really? for Lent. Yeah. Ooh. What kind of seafood? Um, I didn't write that down. Oh, but they got like there was geez. three things on there. I don't. I don't do seafood myself. You teased so. me. Uh, I love seafood. Check it out uh, at Big D's uh, on uh, Facebook, and then you'll find out. Okay. Big D's and Clyde, big on taste, not on price. Also, thanks to Freeze Frame Photos, Ryan Miller Race Cars, and Headhunters Barber Studio. And Salon, I have to get there soon. This is getting a little out of hand. So um, without further ado, how about uh, we bring on our first guest? On the on phone? On the phone, yes. Okay. Uh, on the phone with us uh, now joining us, Scott Melton. How's it going, sir? Good, guys. How are you? Good. Now, you're from, uh, you're just up the road. Uh, we're based in Toledo. You're up there in uh, Rockford, Michigan. You actually uh, run an insurance agency, right? Yeah, I do. Um, Rockford's basically a suburb of Grand Rapids, just north of Grand Rapids. We've got a few offices in Greenville, Belding, and Ionia in the insurance business. And then I've got a donut shop, actually, in uh, Flint that my son runs for me. I like donuts. <laughs> they don't like me. But yeah. <laughs> it's all left side way. Don't worry about it, Scott. Now, uh, if, you, you if can... you're in Flint, stop, stop in and we'll hook you up. Okay. Now you got a, a late start in uh, your racing career, I guess, the, the, considering most uh, people are starting their careers at age of 15. When did you uh, start racing, and and uh, how did you get started? 
Well, basically, I started when I was uh, 55, so that would be about, what, 40 years late? <laughs> um, yeah, I I had a customer up here, and he was running a four-cylinder, and he was building them, and said, you should come out and try this. And I went out and ran at Springport up here by Lansing, and it was a lot of fun. And he, he had told me he had uh, crewed, crew chiefed uh, an ARCA team, and we started talking about it, and one thing led to another, and the next thing you know, we were at uh, in a in an Arca car. So, running a four cylinder, how did that experience translate to the Arca car? Zero. Oh, and I, I, I kind of knew that. <laughs> not, not at all. Not at all. So, and the the thing is, I guess it's whatever you're used to driving, right? So, right. Um, having no experience maybe maybe bad, but if you've never driven a late model you don't have anything to compare it to so i basically started pretty much in the arca car we ran two two races our first year we ran in berlin and i ran berlin and then orp with a local group of guys and the first car we bought came out of kimmel's shop and i got to know bill and found out that uh we were in way over our heads and <laughs> uh, it's an understatement yeah and uh we didn't belong there, so I, I, I talked to Bill, and we put a deal together. And the first year with Bill, we ran 10 races, and Kimmels are legendary for a good reason. They uh, they know ARCA. That, that, uh, well, how many championships did uh, Frank have? I, I think it was at least 10. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and Bill was the crew chief for all but one of them. And, um, Will's had a pretty good career behind the wheel, too, and he brings a whole different side to the – to the driver and help me out and to learn. And you know, they got me up to speed pretty quick. Um, but still, you know, big learning curve. Never been in a race car. Gotcha. I spent my, go ahead. You go ahead. Yeah. When I earlier, I, you know, I have eight kids. I was building a business and spent decades, you know, coaching football, baseball, um, taking kids to volleyball and uh, building the business. So, a lot of these kids have, uh, you know, mom and dad paying for them, and I had to figure out a way to pay for it and then race. So I got a little backwards, but it is what it is. You know, you're really not in uncharted territory. I have built cars and sold parts, oh, boy, I'll bet to at least a half a dozen guys in, in the last five or six years, similar age to you, that just decided it was time. Yeah, and, and, you know, it, it's something they had always wanted to do but couldn't and either financially or, uh, you know, it, it just worked out well for them to, to jump in. Yeah. And it, it, it was both financially and time and, you know, it's something I always wanted to do. And, you know, the one reason I decided to go to ARCA and not run uh, Berlin and run a, you know, a sportsman or whatever. And then the late model, and you know, that all takes time. And you know, when you're 55, you know, Fox chicken. Well, and, and when you're running a business, uh, it's, it's great to be able to delegate those responsibilities, the, the maintenance end of it. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, you know, like I say, Kimmel's have been, um, really good for me. I've been good for Kimmel's. It's been a good partnership and, uh, we work well together. I think there's some big things coming for, for Kimmel racing that are, going to be announcing pretty soon so um it's worked out it's worked out it's just uh like i say it's just a little backwards but you know old old guys have dreams too i get tired of hearing about the young kids and their dreams you know when you turn 60 your dreams don't die i hate to let them know uh scott i uh 
What? Big secret here. I'm 75, still actively racing dirt late models. So you got a ways Absolutely. to go, my friend. Hallelujah, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> now, had you always been a, a racing fan then? And I hate I hate to admit this. I, I don't know anything about racing. Um, I, 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 I probably hadn't watched two NASCAR races in my life. Oh, my. Um, I'm a car guy who likes to go fast, and the first time I got on track, I didn't get a ticket, and I went real fast, and I thought, this is this is cool. <laughs> so no no racing heroes uh, growing up or anything? Not, not really. You know, I, I played a lot of sports. I was busy. I, I played football. I played baseball. I wrestled. I didn't sit around and watch pretty much any sports. So I, you know, people talk about the, the history of racing, and that's all great. I just, I... I I, I just don't know much about it. So you call yourself a car guy. Um, what did you do that, that got you that, that tag, I guess, uh, before you dove headlong into ARCA? Oh, you know, we used to work on cars. We had, you know, we would, we would do the quintessential teenage thing and go out and drag race in the outside of town in green. I grew up in Greenville, Michigan, little town. And sure. Um, there's a bunch of guys who had hadn't built fast cars and we just went in straight lines back then. And, uh, that's kind of how it started with the speed thing. And, you know, I have a little collection of cars and it's just cars have always been, uh, kind of my thing. Now, Bill, Bill Kimball Jr. He's uh Frank's brother, correct? Bill Kimball Jr. Or Bill, oh yeah. Bill. Yeah. I'm sorry. I never heard him use. I've never heard the junior in there. I'm no, sorry. Bill. Yes. Bill, Bill, Bill <laughs> Bill is uh, Frank's brother, and Bill was uh, Frank's crew chief back when they had the Menards deal. And um, then Will is Bill's son, mm-hmm. and so he's, he's running. Frank. He's racing now, right? He hasn't. Um, he, he, yeah, he's run a couple dirts, um, and he runs uh, at Salem in uh, a street stock. And I think what two years ago he won the championship out there. So they they haven't been running a lot of ARCA. Um, Mostly the dirts, gotcha. but Will's done. Will's done quite a bit. He's done. I think he's done, he's done at least one cup race, and he's been around. So Bill's now uh, working for or working as your crew chief. Correct. Bill Kimmel is my crew chief. Will, his son, is my car chief. Gotcha. So how'd you get hooked up with uh, with Kimmel Racing? How'd that uh, come together? I called. Um, I called looking for something to do. Uh, like where to buy a car and he happened to have a car uh and it's interesting the 68 the daytona race is the first arca car i ever bought and then we sent it down to mckitchen and he re re rebodied it for a speedway but um i went to him looking for a car and then we kept calling him for advice and he was very gracious very helpful great guy um and over time i kind of figured out that uh like I said, we really couldn't do it by ourselves and we needed another option. So I went and met with Bill and sat down and said, you know, let's, uh, let's hook up. And so we have an interesting setup where I own all my gear and then he maintains it, takes it to the track. And then I basically pay him per race for, for running under, for him crew chief of me. Gotcha. Is that, is that your, uh, Melton McFadden insurance agency sponsorship? Is that kind of included in that deal? Yeah, well, basically, I'm self-funded, so yeah, it's uh, the only the only sponsors on the car are companies that I own. So yeah, I know how that goes. The donut shop there. The, 
Yes. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. so you're, uh, you got a 10th place finish at uh, Daytona back in uh, 2020. That's uh, your best finish so far? Oh, we had a ninth at, uh, we had a ninth at Michigan. Okay. Um, yeah, we've had, I think we've had five tenths, five top tenths, something like that, maybe six. That's pretty cool. I'd have to look. Yeah. Yeah. We've had some, we had some good runs. Uh, last year at Daytona, we were, I think we were running seventh and the alternator wire got knocked off some point. We ran 54 minutes without a, without an alternator and. I don't know a few to go. It kind of laid over and died. Oh. And, you know, we've we've had a, we've had a rough couple of years. Talladega was not good. Um, <laughs> yeah, we hit, we hit, we we kind of hit pretty hard there. <laughs> and uh, um, they were gracious enough to give me a helicopter ride, though. Oh, yeah, um, I, I saw that you them. you uh, kind of got in a excuse me, I drink my water wrong. <laughs> I'm going to need the helicopter. No. Oh, they cut the roof off your car and uh, airlifted you out after a crash at uh, Dega last year, right? Yeah, yeah. And then we came we came back after that. I was back at Pocono. We were running P10. I, uh, we broke a drive plate, and the uh, 25 got by us. We finished 11th. So we had two 11ths at the end of the year last year. I think we were 11th at Kansas. So, um, But each year we get faster. We kind of watch it. And, you know, last, last year we gained a, uh, a second pretty much everywhere. And this year, I think we showed really good speed at Daytona. Um, you know, we had a car that could win it. Now, did, um, I've you, never said that before. I, you broke. Uh, I mean, what happened in the in that crash? I, I think I read that you broke uh, your left leg or something. Didn't didn't that set you back a little bit? Did it make you kind of reevaluate things at that point? Oh uh, yeah, I, I I reevaluated, figured out I needed a new car. <laughs> So that's a true race. Is that what you meant? Yes, exactly. Exactly. I had to talk to the sponsor about that, right? (laughs) Yeah. Well, basically what happened is uh, I, the 25, (laughs) the 25, um, she lifted and the the guy hit her and it caused mayhem. And I had a wide opening in three lane three. And, you know, like at Daytona, when I hit the wall, I hold the car against the wall so the 25 didn't hold it against the wall. She came down a whole lane into my lane and clipped me and pushed me down into the seven. And we, we hit the seven a bunch and uh, kind of ruined Eric Caudel's day too. Oh. <laughs> so most of your archivic uh, schedule this year is on the big tracks. No, no Toledo's or anything like that. Well, I have a philosophy in racing. The bigger the track is, the more it's about the car. The smaller the track is, it's more about the driver. So you can figure that out. Uh, <laughs> so, so you're well, saying the bigger tracks are easier then. Is, is that what you're saying? For old, fat, white guys, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I read something else is that you said this year's car at Daytona was uh, your fastest. You said you've been picking up a second here and there throughout things. What uh, what made the car feel like it was uh, so fast uh, despite the early exit from uh, from the race? Well, I, I think it was a good car that we, um, Bill worked really hard on it. Um, Timmy McKitchen um, worked really hard on, we rebodied it into the, the new Mustang body. I think the air was good. I think the whole car was good. Um, you know, we showed P8 on the start or on the um, on qualifying. 
you know, but there was, I mean, Van Alt qualified seventh and he was like 0.001 faster than we were. Um, and you, you know, it's, you, you know, on the big tracks, the speed charts don't really tell you a lot. Um, cause we do a lot of solo runs to figure out where we're at. We, I just knew the car was better. It was better. It was better in air, sucked up good, pulled hard, pushed good. Um, we were running, I think P6 when the guy ran me over and, uh, we were running P6 strong. You know what I mean? We weren't just hanging there. Oh. We were, we were, we were racing it. I mean, we were, we were, we were a car to be up front. How how long does it take to uh, to learn the draft? I mean, how big is the draft uh, even in in the Arca series? Um, apparently, longer than the eleven car had. Um, <laughs> he still hasn't figured it out. Um, it, it really is something that you you really can only learn by doing. Is kind of what I would say. Um, it's not. It's something, it's something that you, I mean, if you understand a car, you can pick it up pretty quick, pretty quick. The the whole thing is what the 11 did is I talked to him after the race and he said, you know, we had a big, you know, we're coming like a freight train. What am I supposed to do? And it's like, well, if you don't know what you do. You probably should not be out here. Um, and, you know, just knowing when to drag the brake, um, how to use the air how to pass, how to, you know, how to, how to stay tucked down. Uh, it's not really that hard, but you just have to do it. So we've run what four, four times at Daytona, four times at Talladega, maybe five. And, um, I think we'll have pretty good, pretty good grip on it. Okay. I mean, you run the, the Arca series and there's a lot of, uh, young talent that kind of is trying to work their way up from that series. Transitioning their way up the ladder. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I, do you kind of expect, uh, you know, those growing pains for, you know, un- unfortunate events getting caught up in other drivers' uh, mistakes? But there's a lot of untalented young people, too. <laughs> so let's, not, let's, not get, let's not confuse and call I mean, isn't that fair? That's fair. Um, yeah, it is. I mean, you know, you, you guys have been around racing. It's, you know, if you gotta, if you got the money, you can race. So, um, unfortunately, when you go down – and they check you out a lot. You know, there's a lot. You go to the test and you get approved. It doesn't mean that you can run the draft. It just means you can run at speed. So, and the younger, you know, younger people and newer people, even me, people don't, you know, people don't want to jump in a draft with just anybody, mm-hmm. you know, because you lose a really good car in a really, real, real hurry. So, you know, there are some very talented people who come through there. Absolutely. Gotcha. Um, and, I mean, even at the local track level, and I'm assuming this uh, goes for you as well, there's certain drivers that you kind of, you, you've seen how they drive and you kind of are extra cautious around them. I assume uh, you're kind of the same way with, with some of the guys in the ARCA series. Oh, absolutely. There's people you stay away from. And um, the problem is they can't, they don't always stay away from you. Um <laughs> So, uh, you know, and, and when somebody has to run behind you, you know, you know, there's not a lot you can do about it. Um, but you know, I, I get squared up and hit square on the bumper and I'm thinking, that's cool. You know, my, you know, Jason's like, there's, you know, they got, they got a run coming. It's cool. Bump me. That's a hundred percent fine. But then when you right rear me yeah, and then you left rear me all within about 10 seconds, um, you know, you got to have the car under control and, 
it just it just wasn't. So bad things happen, and they happen fast. Gotcha. Yeah, I was watching that race on uh, Saturday, and after you got out of the car, you could definitely see the frustration uh, on your face there, um, especially well, especially so early in that race. What was it, like 12 laps in? I, yeah, it was 11 or 12, and my frustration, and I, to, just to be totally frank, it, you know, it isn't even really about the money and that stuff. It's, it, the Kimmels have, you have Bill and Will and one full-time employee. That's mm-hmm. it. So when you destroy a race car, you know, we're going to struggle to get that car back to Talladega. We probably won't. We may. Um, that's my frustration, is that those guys put out, the best car out of that shop that I've ever, that I've ever been in and to have it destroyed in 11 races for absolutely no, I mean, we're not racing. We're not racing for position. We're not, you know, it's not two to go. Um, you know, we're, you just hang it out there. It, it, there's just, there's no reason. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, sorry about that. <laughs> Lost in thought. Um, the, uh, the short tracks uh, seem to bring up uh, action reaction uh, and and help the driver. And you don't think that would uh, benefit your team? Well, what I what I so I do think it would benefit my team. I think there's a lot of things that will benefit um, tire management. I mean, all kinds of things that come from the short track. Saying that, two years ago, um, Johnny Van Dorn built two brand new late models for me. I've had them for two years. I bought a hauler. I geared the hauler. We're all set to go short track racing in a late model um, just to get laps and to, um, you know, just to get seat time. And in two years, I ran one race just from timing and so forth. So what I did this year is I pulled my, that was all at Kimmel's shop. We ran one at, have you ever, guys ever been to Salem? You've seen Salem is just a badass track. It's it a is. great place. I, I've raced there. I love that place. So we ran one uh, CRA race there and that was it. So I pulled my hauler and one of my late models up to Grand Rapids to a kid named Evan Shaco, who was the late model champion there last year. And he started a shop and he's going to do the same thing for me in the late models that Bill does in the ARCA in that um, he'll, he'll maintain the gear. He'll bring it to the track. We'll run and he'll take it back. So that being said, we're going to run five or six, uh, Berlin races, probably two Winchesters and probably one Nashville. And then there's a new series at Salem, the 602 series. It's really cool. I don't know if you've heard of that. It's um, So what they did is they're, they're taking old metal body ARCA cars. Right. Putting a 602 in it and then the little Comanche tires on it and have at it. So oh, boy. We're gonna, yeah. So we're that, that's talk about tire management. Um, so that's where... Um, I'm going to run all four of those with Bill. So I am going to be on short tracks maybe 10 times, 12 times this year. I think it'll help and, your program. Ab- absolutely. It will absolutely help the program. I would agree with that. Through the years, I've run a lot of dirt, a lot of pavement, um, and I, th- I think one helps the other. So, yeah, and any short track experience you can get I think will be great. You know, the problem with the dirt tracks, don't you? They're dirty. Yeah, I know. Have you ever seen my car? It's white. Pro- and my fire it's white. Problem so, problem wait, with the pavement tracks is your- if there's a beautiful track hiding underneath that four inches of pavement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Wasn't your car blue? Uh, never mind. I thought it was dark blue. That, that that's new this year. We went from so we switched this year from white and blue to blue and white. Gotcha. So yeah, See, you, you got so you're ready it. to yeah. run on the dirt then. I don't know. I'm kind of slow. <laughs> I mean, even if uh, you do the Arco ones, the, the coin and uh, what's the other one? Spring, you know, Will did Springfield. Springfield and yeah, Springfield and Decoin and Will did those the last two years and um they've had some problems tearing I mean, they're tearing stuff up. Um the tracks are really chunky and Right. Uh, but wasn't it Will struck Will, Will Will lives in dirt. I mean that's his thing and I, I just I unless they do something with the tracks. Yeah, I mean I, they're knocking the nose not knocking the nose right off these cars. Well, Watch Buddy Kofoy did more than that last year. At, Ooh, at, yeah. Was it Decoin? He couldn't see the yeah. the slower car, and oh yeah, that was smacked. that was terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that somebody get hurt. That's that's bad stuff. Yeah. Well, that's because it was yeah, that it was so dusty. Yeah, yeah. And the yeah. sun was, I think, at the right angle too. That didn't help. You know, it's yeah. it's probably been 15 years since I ran Springfield with my dirt car, but you know, I watch all the ARCA races on on the dirt, and it seems as though they prep the tracks to be really hard and black, but if they miss just a little bit, they get outrageously dusty, and that's that's a yeah. recipe for disaster. Well, I think the the other one this year, um, not so we decoin, it was like a like a. Um, I mean, they knocked the radiator out of the car. It was like a cornfield. It was just real, <laughs> like chunky. Didn't like, they get drive. a bunch? Didn't they get a bunch of rain, Scott? Just be just I before think, that that show. I think they did. I think they did. And um, so, I just really haven't been impressed with with that. But there's a lot of short track dirt tracks around me, and um, I get a lot of grief about not running the dirt. But dirt's I can only that. I can only own so many cars. You know what I mean? I have a limit. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I mean, put a limit on it somewhere, but. So what, what, uh, what is your, your long-term uh, plans as far as, as racing? I mean, is uh, Arca running these uh, shorter tracks around the area? Is that uh, kind of it for you? Is you just doing this for fun or is there any like a uh, long-term kind of goal? I, I think that's probably the top of it. That's probably where I'm going to end up. Um, we're trying to build, uh, I'm trying to work with Bill to build the program and, um, we keep in, like I said, I own my gear. So what we've been trying to do at the ARC level is improve our gear, get better and better and better. And then at some point, either I'll step out and try to rent and, you know, may work with Bill to do that. I'm not, you know, we haven't really got that far. Um, every year I say it's going to be my last year and then here I am. So, uh, <laughs> it's, you know, it's hard to walk away from. Um, my original plan was to go and just run a full series of CRA, um, like the whole season, a couple years. Um, but I, I don't know. We'll see. Okay, well, it's about it's you know you know it's about funding, right? I mean that's oh yeah. What I'd love to do is run. I'd love to run twenty races and be the first guy over sixty to win a championship in ARCA. If you know anybody who's got some money, there we go. Need some more sponsors. <laughs> Absolutely. Ones any, that I don't own. Buy a couple more businesses. Any chance yeah, well, Any chance you'll uh, buy some more business? <laughs> any chance uh, you'll make it to uh, the the finale at Toledo Speedway? One of our listeners uh, wants you to come there for that. Oh, man. Um, that's a short track, isn't it? <laughs> half, half mile. It's a pretty, big short track. Pretty, pretty well banked. <laughs> Is it for, yeah, there's, there's always a possibility. Um, 
and, and part of it is my, and, and to be fair, part of it is my gear. Um, you know, we've got speedway cars. We got right now, we got three really badass intermediate cars. Um, because of the wreck at Daytona, we, we may have two or three really badass speedway cars. Uh, I don't really own a short track car. Uh, I think I have six or seven cars right now. So it, then it's, you know, buying another car and, you got a lot of cars. Maybe, maybe you yeah. can, ex- Scott. Maybe you can explain to some of our listeners how the ARCA cars uh, differ from, say, the 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 next gen cars that NASCAR is running in the Cup Series, uh, and how they're kind of similar to the Xfinity cars. Yeah, I would say that like our the the new cars to us are the Gen Five. Right. So traditionally, the ARCA cars have just been old Cup cars. Um, and as they move to the six, then we move to the five. Um, we don't have any gen five cars. All of ours are gen four. Um, there's an argument to be made that the gen fours are as fast, if not faster. Um, I, they're just basically old cup cars, like a little older technology. Very good, but still expensive. When's uh, when's your next race then? Uh, as far as of right now, when when's the next time you're going to be back in a car? Talladega, Talladega. Yep. What uh, what's if the they date get on it that? done? Is that April? That's April. I think it's twenty second. Okay, Does that sound right. So, uh, so we basically we we pretty much run the same schedule. Um, then after Talladega is Kansas. I think then Charlotte, uh, Michigan's in there. Pocono's in there. Charlotte again. I was in there. Um, so we, I, I kind of like the mile and a half is where I like to be. Although I do, I do love Daytona and Talladega. It's just when things go bad, they go real bad. So um, do you, do you have a, a, a track that you look forward to most each year? I would have to, be, to, to just, frankly, I just have to say Daytona. I, I just, I mean, it just, what, what's better? You know what I mean? The, um, the history, you can't beat that. Yeah, it just—it's just a great place. Speed week, every, everything that's going on. Um, there's there's a lot of people around, a lot happening, and uh, you know that's that's why it was hard. I mean, we were we were sitting in the Catsbird seat after the first green. We got to the bottom. We're running P five. Um, everything's hunky dory, and you, you can just ride. And uh, we were we were in a really good spot. Had a yellow, got shuffled, but had to go. I think was, the yellow came out where P six put us back outside. Couldn't get down. Um, I don't know about anybody else, but I don't want to ride the outside for any longer than I have to. And we just couldn't get down and uh, got wrecked early. Now, I, so, I, we, we, we talked about uh, drivers that you want to stay away from. Are there uh, drivers that uh, you kind of work with on these super speedways? Um, the longer you're around, more and more. Um, they're not, you know, like I said, when you walk in for the first time, <clears throat> nobody really wants to be around you. You're around people. You have to be, um, you know, we, we worked pretty good. Like we had a really good qualifying group. I think we worked good with, uh, Dustin and the, is he the 25 or the 55? He's in the 55, 55, 20. No, I think Vulcan moved to the 55. I think he's in the 25. Um, Greg then also was in our group. Uh, then, you know, we're kind of around Greg quite a bit. We're real close in qualifying. Um, he was in our group. He, he was somebody to work with. Um, you know, there's just certain cars you do want to stay away from. Um, 
but you don't always get to pick who you work with. So we had two cars there this time, but we started, I started eighth and I think, uh, well, he had to start at the tail cause he got wrecked in, um, qualifying. So, you know, to go from the tail and the front, I mean, we're not, it'd be great to work with him, but it's just, it's almost a matter of happenstance. Sure. Yeah, it's just kind of where, where things shuffle out. Right. You got to play, right. the play the cards that you're dealt. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you can be behind somebody that you don't even want to be close to. And you might, you know, I, I, I pushed the 25 for 10 laps at Talladega last year because what else are you going to do? You, I mean, where are you going to go? Right. You're not going to back up. You're not going to get out of line. You're not going to. So it's really more happenstance. Gotcha. Well, Ron mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, putting you under some pressure. Uh, a lot of our guests uh, typically, I'd say it's about 75% at this point, uh, go on to win their next race after being on the show. So uh, look out at Talladega. We're going to be watching Talladega, Scott. Well, when I win Talladega, I'm going to send you guys some donuts. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we will maybe, hold you like, to that. Maybe a dozen, well, if, right? <laughs> well, when we when we win Talladega, buddy, you're going to get a year's worth. <laughs> All right. That's pretty cool. Awesome. Scott, it's been a pleasure getting to know you, and uh, good luck in uh, uh, your 2023 racing uh, season. Hey, I appreciate it. We should have a good year, and good things are coming for Kimmel, and I appreciate you guys having me on. It's been fun. Our pleasure, man. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Bye. See ya. There you go. Scott Melton, ARCA driver, running, uh, working with the Kimmels there. Just a I young punk. Gets, just a young punk at 61 years old. That's it. <laughs> it's all a matter of perspective, Scott. Well, it just goes to show. It. You're, you're never it. too old to get started in racing. That's it. So, uh, Chris Windham will be joining us here in about 10 minutes or so, so stick around for that. We have a little bit of uh, – uh, business to take care of here we got some uh, big d's pizza giveaway in a little bit as well before we do that let's check out our uh, racing roundup from this past week racing roundup so the uh, world of outlaw case construction late models were in action at volusia speedway park last thursday bobby pierce picking up the win there friday night the rain one rain oh, seems yeah. to be a, a big thing down there in florida imagine that and then uh, saturday night uh, hudson o'neill picking up the victory at volusia speedway park other action uh, this past weekend, of course, the Arkham Menard Series uh, Saturday. Greg Van Alst picked up the win in the, uh, the Arca race there at Daytona. NASCAR action, uh, the Cup Series last Thursday, the Blue-Green Vacation uh, Duels were uh, won by Joey Logano and Eric Amarola. Those were the qualifying races for Sunday's race, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, the Truck Series Friday night, Zane Smith picking up uh, the win in the Next Era Energy 250. It was a rain-shortened event, rain again. Uh, Xfinity Series on Saturday, Austin Hill picked up the win in the Beef It's What's for Dinner 300. And the Cup Series, the Daytona 500 on Sunday. How about that? Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Picking up the win in the longest uh, Daytona 500 ever. They did, what, 212 laps, I think it was? Yeah, mileage-wise, it was the biggest. Yeah. <laughs> cool to see Stenhouse, though. I, I like him. It was a good, good popular win, I think. Yeah, and they brought up a lot of interesting background that he had uh, won a lot of sprint car races in our area, Scott. So, it's nice to see uh, kind of a local boy. 
Make sure to contact Freeze Frame Photos for all your racing photo needs from action shots to victory lane. Uh, they got those new items, the uh, custom kids' cups, 20-ounce tumblers, water bottles, and, and more with uh, any custom Freeze Frame photo you want on there. And it's also uh, just about time for senior picks, senior pictures, yeah. yeah. And uh, Freeze Frame does those. Give uh, Charlie a call, 419-476-9978. Freeze Frame Photos, special moments, frozen in time. Ron Miller Race Cars, give him a call, 734-856-7223. He builds race cars for seniors. I do. I don't know what that means. And, and uh, anybody else. Race cars, parts, safety equipment, service, uh, broken weld, fixing, putting together the... Rusted out race cars. Yeah, that stuff. Everything a racer needs, uh, give Ron a call. Um, some sad news uh, this past week. Uh, earlier, was it last? It was there, when was that? Um, With Don actually, Don passed away uh, last week on Friday. Um, so just after our last show. Don. A lot of people know Ornery Don. Uh, he built bodies for years and years out of our shop. Um, extremely talented. Uh, with building bodies and, and back in back in the day everybody ran something that he had built so you know huge loss to the racing fraternity in our area and uh, always a fun guy to talk to too and he always had a story Scott <laughs> yes he did and the uh, uh, his, his showing was on Tuesday and it looked like a racers reunion I bet I bet cool he will be missed. Uh, how about we do a little bit of racing news before we get to uh, Chris? Sounds good. Okay. Latest racing news. Tony Kanan announced his retirement last week. His last IndyCar race will be this year's Indianapolis 500. Ooh. Short season. Another, another popular uh, driver, yeah. I don't think he's 55. How old is he? I don't know. I Some, somebody up. will tell us. Somebody. Uh, Dave, that's your job. Let's... Uh, we need, we need numbers. Kanan's um, a, a huge fan favorite. Yeah. Uh, I, actually, I, I kind of circled this as uh, skip it, but since we haven't talked to Chris yet, uh, uh, after earning Rookie of the Year honors with the Tezos All-Star Circuit of Champions last season, Chris Windham has found a new home for the 2023 season, and it looks like he's just joining us right now, as a matter of fact. Uh, Wyndham announced uh, on Monday that uh, he has partnered with Lane Racing based out of Armada, Michigan. Wyndham and uh, Lane Racing will partner to form a 75-race schedule that includes a uh, championship chase with the Tezos All-Stars and uh, all the major events at Eldora, the, including the, the million there. The, Scott, that should be a really yeah. strong team this year. Uh, and the Kings Royal. Uh, plus 360 and 410 Nationals at Knoxville Raceway. Wyndham will continue to be supported by a longtime partner, Nas Energy Drinks. So, um, well, how about we just kind of put a Let's pin in that right now, and we'll, we'll talk to Chris. Since, uh, I mean, that's a pretty good transition, I think. Chris Wyndham, how's it going? Good. How are you guys? Wonderful. You're, you're wearing the shirt or the, the hat we were just talking about. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just put you over there and there. Um, so, congratulations. Congratulations, I guess. Uh, I mean, you've accomplished so much in, in your career already. Um, and now this year, your second year running for the running in the All-Stars uh, with uh, Lane Racing. What, uh, how did this all come together to, to make the move to, to Lane Racing for this year? 
Uh, it was honestly a little unexpected. I, you know, I, I did last year with Hayward Motorsports and we, we did the whole all-star season and plus quite a few other races, but uh, just some stuff came up over the winter to where, you know, it was a move I felt like I had to make. And I started talking with Brett, actually not even until early January. So it was pretty late in the game compared to when you normally make your off-season moves. But, uh, you know, luckily I felt like you know, I, I really enjoyed talking with him and his dedication and passion for, for his team and felt like it was a really good fit for me. So uh, I'm super excited about it. Now, uh, how long have you been or how long has uh, NAS Racing or NAS Energy Drink uh, been with you? Uh, they've been primary on my car for the last three, four years now, actually, I think. Um, okay. So it's been a long time partnership, I guess you should you should say in the in the in the world of sprint car racing. You know, you, a lot of times you see sponsors come and go, but they've been super supportive, and uh, obviously they they do a lot for me and a few other drivers that uh, we probably wouldn't be doing what we're doing if it wasn't for them. So, uh, and and they're coming with you to uh, to Lane Racing. Are, yep. Are, yep. are they still going to be number four? Or are you bringing a number with you as well? No, they wanted to keep number four, which okay. is fine. You know, I, I'm not, you know, my number was always 17 back when I, back when I raced my own stuff with my family growing up. But, uh, you know, I've, I've been in so many different rides with different numbers that I've gotten accustomed to switching numbers. Gotcha. So, uh, how are, are, are you ready to, to go racing? I mean, what else uh, needs to be done, uh, for, for your sprint car, uh, this year? Yeah, I mean, they're uh, they're actually I actually went to the shop yesterday for the first time and uh, they're they're plugging along. They're they're still waiting on a few things, but you know, everything's getting super organized and uh, every you know, they've got two cars almost done and built. So, you know, our plan is to start I think Attica and Atomic the second or third week of March and I think we plan on racing three or four weekends in a row before the All-Star season starts to uh to obviously get as many laps in together as we can and uh, probably make a trip out to PA and go to Port Royal and Williams Grove for a weekend. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited about that. I was, I was glad Brett wanted to do that and, uh, you know, get as many laps in before our all-star season kicks off. 75 race schedule. Um, that, that's a whole lot more than just the all-stars. Uh, give us some of the highlights. Yeah, well, obviously, like I just said, we're going to do probably six or seven before the All-Star season even gets going. And then we'll probably plan on hitting the Let's Race 2 race at Eldora in May. And then uh, Kings Royal, obviously, in July with the Million. Um, Knoxville Nationals, I think we're our plan is to do the 360 and the 410 Knoxville Nationals. So... You know, after that, I don't think we've planned out the whole last part of the season, but what we put together was going to be right around 75 races. That's pretty aggressive. <laughs> what yeah. what, uh, what event are you uh, most looking forward to this year? The million. I was going to say, I think it's <laughs> to say anything but that one, huh? <laughs> how, how, I mean, how excited were you to uh, hear that, you know, they were switching it from the late models to the sprint cars this year? Yeah, that's, that's so cool. I mean, the sprint car racing right now is just, it's growing so much. You know, Knoxville obviously showed their purse increase. I think it's 15,000 just to make the race now. So just across the board with everything Kyle's doing with high limit, all stars, I think they 80% of their races are at least 8,000 to win. Um, The million, 
all the races at Eldora, there's there's so much money up for grabs, and uh, it's pretty exciting to be a part of it. Now, are you going to be running some of the the high limit races as well? Yeah, yeah. I guess I, I left that out when we were talking <laughs> about schedules. So yeah, I, I, not all of them, but I think we're planning on hitting probably 75 percent of them. So enough that you could almost get sucked into their point system. Yeah, I, I don't know if we'll make the very first one out in Lakeside, Kansas, so we might be out of it before. I think uh, it's actually going to be tough for any full-time All-Star guys to do their their full points because they have a race in between. I think we have a Tuesday race in Missouri and a Thursday race in Missouri. Or I'm sorry, a Monday race in Missouri and a Wednesday race in Missouri. And their Tuesday races in Pennsylvania, so I don't know how anyone's really going to make that one work. <laughs> yeah, that's quite a trip. Yeah. Now you've uh, you've raced just about everything. You have uh, the triple was it the triple count crown yep. deal the the 2016 USAC Silver Crown Champ 2017 USAC National Sprint Car Champ 2020. You got the uh, the National Midget Championship. You've run ARCA the Truck Series. You ran the the Cup Series at uh, Bristol in the dirt. Uh, Indy Lights. I mean, um, and now you're in sprint cars. Is is sprint cars where it's at or, or do you have is there something else you, have you driven a late model yet i've never driven a late model i would definitely like to um but no i mean sprint cars is my main focus now and uh, you know moving over from the non-wing stuff to the wing side of things it's it's a tough transition so i feel like i've got to put all my focus there for that and uh you know, I, I've been fortunate though to run to run a lot of different types of race cars over the years, and I still would really love to run the Indy 500. But uh, it, it's it's a tough tough race to to get in. Obviously, you could do a Jack Hewitt and yeah. run that. Yeah, yeah. So so 410 sprints uh, most likely is going to be your home. Yeah, I think so. I you know I, I know Brett has kind of the same goals and ambitions as me, and we want to continue to build his team and I want to build myself and, you know, hopefully eventually you never know, see us on the world of outlaw tour. So what's uh, you mentioned uh, going from uh, non-wing to the wing, what's the biggest adjustment in your driving uh, that you've had to make to, to uh, account for the, the trusting the wing, Scott. (laughs) Yeah. It's the, you know, that's probably the most common question I get. And it's not really one thing I can pinpoint. It's just so many things. Uh, you know, for one, I feel like the equipment is definitely has to be better on the wing on the wing side of things. Um, you know, I feel like in the non-wing car, you could kind of carry a car that wasn't great maybe every night. And I feel like in the wing side of things, if your engines aren't on point, you know, your setup's not on point, your crew chief, everything combined's not on point. It's it's kind of impossible to carry a wing car. And obviously, for me. Um, it's just the opposite feeling, you know, I, my whole career in non-wing racing, I spent laying on the right rear and driving off the right rear in the wing, you lay on the left rear and drive off the left rear. So that took a while to get used to. And then just the, the speed factor is so much higher in a wing car in the dirty air. Uh, just trying to learn all that at once is, is tough. Well, you finished seventh in points with the all-stars last season, rookie of the year. Um, how would, I mean, how, how would you judge your performance uh, last year? Is that where you kind of wanted to be? I mean, were you disappointed? Were yeah, you happy? I, mean, I was happy with it. You know, I think, we, you know, not only me coming in as a rookie, my whole team, it was their first season too. I mean, my crew chief, Austin Winrick, it was his first year of being a crew chief. Uh, it was the first year for Brody Hayward to own 
a wing car. They had all come from non-wing too. So it was, it wasn't just me learning, it was everyone learning. So I think we, we kind of set our expectations low to start off the season, which made it easier um, to kind of cope with all the lows that we had at the first part of the year. But, you know, I felt like we progressed all year long and that's, that's really was my goal. Um, you know, I felt like if I would have ended the season still wondering what the heck I was doing, I might have a different outlook on it, but you know, I felt like by mid, by mid part of the summer, we were, we were contending for a lot of top fives. We almost picked off a win in New York actually with the all-stars. So it got better all year long. And, uh, you know, I, it was obviously, I still got, I still got really frustrated because I'm, you know, I'm used to winning races every year and we weren't doing that. So it was still, it was still frustrating, but, um, you know, I still, like I said, I felt like as long as we were getting better, the whole year, then that, that was kind of our goal. What are the uh, expectations for, for this season? Are, are the pieces in place uh, to make a run at the championship? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's the goal. That's, that's where Brett heads at and everyone at lane racing. That's where my head's at. You know, I know it's going to be tough. Um, the all-stars are a really tough series. You got, you know, Tyler Courtney who's won two years in a row and Justin Peck who, who's really good. And I, there's five, six other full-time guys that are, that are there every night, but you know, they've won all-star races and they've had a lot of success at the Ohio tracks and even some in Pennsylvania. And that's prominently the all-star schedule. So I'm excited to, to probably learn some new things from them. But uh, you know, I think our goal is to start winning races as soon as possible. Now, have you run a wing car at Eldora? Yeah. Yeah, I ran, we ran Kings Royal last year. Okay. Um, actually, I, we made the show at the historical big one. And I can't remember where we finished, but uh, we had some decent runs there. I think I ran eighth there in the all-star finale at four crowns. So, yeah, I ran ran there a few times. So, uh, the, the million down there, you'll, you'll be ready. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <you know. laughs> I've won there in a silver crown, a non-wing car, and a midget. So I guess I just need to check off the, a wing car. And there you go. It would be the one to do it. Any uh, any extra prep uh, going in for that week? Oh, I'm sure there will be. Um, you know, you never know where your where your program will be at at that point in the season. But uh, it's already. I feel like I'm sure multiple teams are already talking about talking about that race and that week. So. I know we have and uh, just stuff that we, we may need to work on or get better at by, by the time that part of the season rolls around because you, you know, you pretty much go from that race and then not only that race, but the Kings Royal and everything that weekend, I think pays 175,000 to win. Then two weeks later, you go to Knoxville for 175,000 to win. So that's, that's when you make your money. Those, those three or four weeks. So do you get to keep that money or you got to, Split it with uh, with Lane. Oh, it's a split. Okay. It would be cool. Maybe we can talk him into letting me keep it all. Yeah. You'd be a rich guy at the end of the season. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what, the first race uh, with, with Lane's probably coming up uh, at Attica, possibly. Their, yeah, their I think opener. our first scheduled race is the 16th, whatever that Friday is, right. at Attica, and then Atomic the following night, and then we'll keep We'll keep ripping from there every weekend out. I think. I think uh, Dean Henry, uh, is, he's a sponsor of our show, and he's 
he's good friends with with the guys at Lane. And uh, I think he wanted you on the show because our guests typically go on to win their next race. Oh yeah. So I mean, I, like I mean, it's not an all-star point event, but uh, I mean, it, it'd be okay. a good way to start off your season. Get, get out of I'll the box on the right foot. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take them anyway. Anyway, they come. <laughs> now, have uh, have you run uh, a lot of races at Attica? Uh, last year was the first time I'd ever been there, but I think we went there four or five times and. Uh, it was the very first race of the season last year too. So I know we struggled there at the first part of the year with, uh, with a 19 car that I was in last year. So that's one I'm looking forward to, to going back to, because I know lane lane racing has had a lot of success there with cap Henry. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like they're definitely can teach me a few things there. And the attic of Fremont weekends are always exciting anyway. Right. Right. <laughs> so, uh, once you uh, win the All-Star Circuit of Champions championship, which I'm sure it's going to happen at some point, what's, uh, what, what, what's down the road after that for Chris Wyndham? I mean, uh, where, where, where do you see yourself like maybe 10 years down the road? Um, I mean, I, I think I would definitely like to run full-time with the World of Outlaws. Um, that's, that, would be the, that would be the goal at this point, I think. Um, you know, I feel like that's if you're wing sprint car racing, I'm I can't imagine that no one's goal isn't to eventually run full time with them. So that would probably be my ultimate goal. Okay. No, no uh, aspirations to move up to, to IndyCar or, or NASCAR again. I'm, I'm too old for that. Now. <laughs> that's right. You're not 15, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I'm too old for that. <laughs> that. That's fair. That's acceptable. Um, well, uh, cool. We wish you uh, luck this, uh, this year um, with, with lane racing. I know, like you said, uh, Caps had a, a lot of success with them. It's going to be weird, though, seeing Nas Energy on there instead of the Blake's Hard Cider. But yeah. uh, I, th- I think we'll get used to it. Still got the four, yeah. so they kept they kept Still the, got the four. four. Yeah. yeah, Chris, just okay. just for uh, grins, uh, we were talking earlier about Tony Kanan retiring. Uh, he's forty eight, so you've got a ways to go. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, <laughs> that's about that's what sounds about right for me too. That sounds like a good age. <laughs> Oh, 40. How long you been race running? I mean, how long you been racing? A long time. I'm 32 now. So I started racing go-karts when I was seven years old and uh, I got in a sprint car when I was 15. So I've, uh, I've been, been doing it a while. Now, is there any, uh, big events that you haven't won that you would uh, like to check off your, your bucket list uh, other than like a championship and the all-stars or the world of outlaws? Right. Um, yeah, obviously a lot of wing races. I haven't won any of those, so probably any Pick of those. Pick one, anyone. Yeah, you could put any of those in there, and I would say. But, um, yeah, other than that, that's really – I felt like I, I've won most everything I wanted to in the, in the on the non-wing and midget side of things. So Chili Bowl? I would, oh, well, yeah, I guess that's <laughs> Yeah, that would be the number one outside of any wing race I would I would love to win. Are you going to be uh, competing in the Chili Bowl next year? Uh, probably. You know, I, I talked about going to Australia to race over oh, this yeah. last season and didn't didn't do it and went to Chili Bowl. So as long as I don't, you know, do a deal to go over there, then I'm sure I'll be back. Trust me, you've got to do the Australia deal. I know. I, I've been to New Zealand and ran midgets before, but never been to Australia yet. So I'm kind of chomping at the bit to do that. Yeah, I, I've done four tours with the late models in Australia and uh... – they treat you like royalty. Uh, it, 
Yeah. Get used to signing autographs. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that. Yeah. Do it. Now you mentioned uh, you would run a dirt late model if uh, the opportunity presented itself to you. Shotzi is. What? <laughs> oh. Okay. Yeah. I'm just asking if he yeah. would take that chance. You know, run like a, everybody do- wants to run a late model once. Okay. Yeah, they look cool. They look they cool. Look cool. <laughs> my my Tyler Courtney ran one, I think, at the I don't know if he ran the million or not, what race he ran at Eldora, but he said they're they're tough. He said it's way different than a wing car. So yeah. A Larson can go out and sometimes make it look easy, but I'm yeah. sure it's not. <laughs> well, I've, there's been a lot of drivers uh going back and forth, you know, Larson in in the uh the late models and being from the open wheeled uh, side of things, but and then you got Tim Tim McCready, you know, doing the the chili bowls in in the uh, the midgets, you know, right. moving from the late model. I guess he came from a modified as well. Yeah, but, East Coast big block modifieds. Yeah. Yep. But uh, I mean, that, that seems to be that there's like it seems like that line between the open wheel guys and the the stock car guys is kind of uh, fading. It's kind of uh, it's being yeah. crossed quite a bit now. Yeah, I think that's cool. I mean, it's uh, anytime you can drive a different kind of race car, I think that's awesome. And uh, Tim McCready's done well, and he won the Chili Bowl. So, I mean, it can definitely be done, the crossover. Um, but, and and you know, the late models are, are play, paying some pretty stupid money, too. So Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, you talk about sprint car money, their, their money is even better than that. So, yeah, yeah they, they've got some big races. Now, that kind of makes me think of what uh, Kyle Larson had said that some of these uh, races, such as the Chili Bowl, it doesn't pay enough for him to 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 justify going there. Do you feel that way about any any of these races? Uh, I not, mean, not to put you on the spot. I'm not trying to put you on the spot or anything, but I do feel that way about Chili Bowl, and it's not necessarily that it's not worth it to go. I guess you would say. I just know. I know how many people there and I've seen that place for however many last years. And I know damn well that they could pay more money than what they're paying. So I guess it's just frustrating as a driver to keep going back. And it's obviously all about the prestige. That's all it's ever been about. And and I think that's probably the point that Larson was trying to make. Right. No, that's exactly what he's saying. Spread the wealth. Do you you think uh, another topic that we've kind of hit on a lot too, uh, is has been you know uh, top heavy purses where you're paying fifty thousand dollars to win and second place gets a thousand you know piddly back. Do you think that that's good or would you like to see that uh, purse be spread more throughout the field? I mean, I think some races like that are are fine or good, but you definitely you know for the guys doing this for a living and doing it every single week all year long, you've got to have more spread out races in my opinion than a bunch of top heavy races because there's only if there's 15 full-time guys there there's only one guy making money in that situation yeah well and it's the guy that's winning all the time he likes the top heavy races right yeah for sure (laughs) (laughs) cool well chris uh we we should let you go here we got to get moving and uh like i said we wish you luck with uh, lane racing this year we expect that win at attica coming up next month i appreciate it guys thanks for having me Thanks, Chris. Yep, thank you. We'll see you. And good luck at Attica. We'll be there watching. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. <laughs> All right. See ya. There you go. Chris Windham uh, just uh, signing that deal to uh, run with Lane Racing this year. And uh, I think uh, I think uh, 
could be a good marriage. I think that is a good match. Yeah, definitely. So we'll, we'll definitely keep an eye on that and see how that works out. Uh, back to uh, some more news here before we get to how many a chance to win a Big D's pizza. So if you stuck around this long, we're going to reward you with uh, some Big D's pizza. Um, the all-wheel swap meet is scheduled for the Sandusky County Fairgrounds in Fremont, Ohio, a.k.a. At, at Fremont, Fremont Speedway, Speedway. Uh, on Saturday, March 4th. Setup is on Friday, March 3rd from 2 to 7, and Saturday from 6 a.m. to 7. Swap meet hours are 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. on that Saturday. Admission is $5. I did not pre-read that, apparently, yeah. <laughs> at a time. Uh, the High Limit Sprint Series announced some unique procedures uh, this week. Actually, I should uh, we should have asked him about this. Uh, the Durst Dice Roll. That's uh, one of the new procedures. Have you heard? Yeah. Did you hear about these? I th- it was interesting. Bit, yeah. The Durst Dice Roll will allow the Dash winner, uh, who would end up starting on the pole of the feature, a chance to roll a pair of dice to start second through 12, depending on what he rolls in right. his regular dice, um, with an additional $1,000 for each position back they start if they should win. So, for instance, what that means is a roll of, of 12 would make the driver start 12. Boxcars. Box and they yeah. would win an extra $12,000 on top well, of... Uh, whatever the purse is correct. for that race. Ooh. But they could also just roll a two where they would start on the outside of the front row and have an extra 2000 up for grabs. I mean, 2000 not bad, yeah. too. So, I think that's kind of a cool It idea. is. Especially if I don't have to pay for it. But um, So that's cool. And then uh, they're doing the Choose Cone, uh, which will uh, be in effect for double-file restarts in the A-Mains. You know, I think a lot of short tracks, weekly tracks – should consider the choose cone. Um, I think that would be I, interesting. I, I'm not a huge fan of a lot, lot of the way NASCAR manipulates things, but that's one rule that I really, really like. The choose cone. Yep. I, I think that would work well, yeah. especially at the local level. Yeah, you know, you'd, you'd have to have it, a rope on the cone. and that, It might require an extra lap under caution. No, it really, not it even, really wouldn't. Because you're still trying to line people up anyways, but yeah. yeah. I think then that would make it a little easier for the scorers, too, because then they wouldn't have to figure out where everybody is. Or inside or outside get, get people. Them, get them single file. Yeah. and I like it. Uh, the other uh, – no, that was the other room. Um, uh, the first event is uh, a uh, $23,023 race uh, at Thunderbolt Raceway in California on Tuesday, March 21st. Ooh. So that might be the one that uh, Chris isn't going to make, especially if he's going to be – at Attica the weekend before. Right. That'd be a long haul out there oh. after that. Um, Waynesfield Raceway <laughs> announced they will return to action this summer with, quote, many events, but not weekly, unquote. And I looked for some hint about their schedule, and boy, it just wasn't there. That got the rumors uh, flying about, uh, I think, uh, from street stocks to late models yeah. to, of course, the sprint cars, which I is saw known everybody for. So jumping in. Modifieds, uh, yeah. Dirt truck, the dirt track truck series wants to come out there. Uh, so uh, we'll keep you updated on that once uh, we get some more information. Kenny Wallace will make his Superstar Racing Experience debut in the final race of the season at uh, Lucas Oil Speedway, the dirt track there in Wheatland, Missouri, on August 17th. That ought to be interesting yeah. to watch, too, the SRX series. And uh, finally, NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series uh, Roper Racing Team's manager, Corey Roper, was suspended indefinitely for violating NASCAR's substance abuse policy. Yeah. 
Matt Swander says, uh, the choose cone at Oakshade would... <laughs> yeah, you, you got that? Yeah. Okay. It's more colorful dialogue from the tower. I don't know. I think it would actually reduce the colorful dialogue. Well, and, Unless somebody hit the cone or something, you know, yeah. or did something stupid. I mean, yeah, you, I could see You that. would be privy to uh, the, the talk from the tower. Sometimes, when I'm not on the track, yeah. And I'm not always not always privy to it, so... How about we do our, this. How many? Ooh, how many? Yeah. So last week's how many was, uh, how many uh, caution flag laps were going to be in the Daytona 500? How many were there? 38. Really? Yeah. So you chose 42. I chose 43. You won under I won me. again. You did again. So congratulations. Our listener winner was Nancy Shanauer. She picked 35. Ooh. So she was pretty close there. Good number, Nancy. <laughs> yes, I didn't even think about that. Uh, congratulations, Nancy. You got yourself a Big D's Pizza. You have uh, 30 days to claim your pizza. So this week, uh, there wasn't much going on this weekend. It's kind of a slow weekend. Yeah. This week's how many was uh, how many cars will finish on the lead lap of Sunday's Cup Race at California? Really? Yeah. That's all you could come up That's with. That's it. And that oh took boy. me a while to come up. I <laughs> tried to think of anything else but that. That's all I got. And I've got to go first. You do. 37. That's a lot of cars on the lead lap. It is. But There's they have the lucky dog. And, it, and cautions, yeah. Yeah, and cautions. That's true. Okay, 37. Well, then I'm going to go with 36. Oh, you're going under me. <laughs> it worked for you last or this week. Uh, if you want a chance to win a Big D's pizza, go ahead and put your guests in our comments of our Facebook Live. Just put a number in there, whoever's closest. doesn't matter if you go over or under or whatever. Uh, you win a Big D's pizza, courtesy of Big D's Pizza and Clyde. And if we have a tie, we'll spin the Big D's pizza wheel to determine which slice wins. See what I did there? Ooh. Everybody's uh, picking lower numbers than we picked though so far. Uh, we'll give you until Sunday at uh, I don't even what time's that race start. I suppose I have that here. Starts at three thirty, so we'll say three thirty. Okay. Yeah. Sunday three thirty Eastern time is uh, when you can get your guests in. So if you're listening to us on Spotify or whatever, just uh, pull up Facebook and uh, check out our video there. Just type in the comments a number and you're good to go. It's just that easy. Um, no, uh, hammer down, uh, hotline, hotline calls this oh, week. No, I didn't get any notifications and I didn't double check it. So I don't think there was any, but, uh, 419-318-3081. If you want to call text anytime, day or night, uh, we'll play you back. If it's, uh, racing related next week on the show, discuss, uh, whatever it may be that you want to know or, yeah, uh, if you yeah. have an opinion, express your opinion. We'd like to opinion. hear from you. Yeah, that's it. your chance to this is your express show. your opinion. This yes. is your show. Just let us know what you're thinking. Yeah, and, or not. And like I said, text or uh, or call again. That number four one nine three one eight three zero eight one. And that's about it for uh, this edition of the Hammerdown Racing Report. I think we did pretty good with the caliber of guests we had this week. Yeah. Couple of great guests. Done this quick, yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks again to uh, Scott Melton and Chris Windham for joining us here this evening. Thanks to associate producer Dave Kemmer, contributors Matt Swander, John Young, Doug Duck, and uh, Bob Stazak. Make sure to like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Hammer Report. 
follow us on uh, YouTube as well. Listen to us on your favorite podcasting platform, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Check us out at HammerdownRacingReport.com. Speaking of... uh, I I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a podcast platform that we're not on. Well, that's true. And there were, I was just looking at the stats today. Yeah. There was a whole, there was a few that I've never heard of that were on. I was like, but we were the there anyway. Yeah. And we're, India is still like, uh, India is the biggest uh, country that listens to us. Huh. They're beating Australia and Canada. Really? It's crazy. Come on, Australia. You can do better. We were number, uh, 154 on the Apple podcast, uh, charts for in the, uh, U.S. leisure automotive category. So. Thank you for that. That's very good. Brought us up there. I think uh, the Charlie Mefford uh, show we did gave a few weeks back. Gave us a big back. boot in the gave back. Gave us a, a little little boost, so that was cool. Um, where was I? Oh, make sure to rate and review us. Uh, share us with your friends. That helps us out, too. Thanks to our sponsors, Big D's Pizza, Oakshade Raceway, Ron Miller Race Cars, Freeze Frame Photos, Headhunters Barber Studio and Salon in Perrysburg. If you're interested in being a sponsor, get a hold of me. Call the Hammerdown Hotline, 419-318-3081. Send us a message on Facebook, whatever. Next week, I'm excited about next week's show, too. We have a, a guest lined up for next week already. Um, just one? Just one, yes. Oh, yeah. Just one. Uh, but I'm sure he's probably going to have a lot of a lot of stories for us. Uh, Dustin Jarrett, a former announcer at Eldora Speedway. DJ. And uh, works uh, now with Flow Racing. He does some other things, not just yeah. on the broadcast. So uh, we'll talk to him uh, next week. He actually, I, w- I was telling Ron this earlier, he ran uh, our celebrity charity race at Oakshade. A few years ago. A few, just a few years ago. It was a little more than 10 years ago. But, uh, yeah, his dad used to race too, Dustin Jarrett's dad. Right. So, uh, yeah, we'll talk to him next week on the show. and um, That'll be a good get, one. Get some uh, good stories. That'll be 7 o'clock next Thursday night. Right here, Hammer Down Racing Report. That's it. We're going to go now. We'll see you. Thanks for listening. Later. You have been listening to the Hammer Down Racing Report, available on demand on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting platform. Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. 